and welcome to the Redesigning Your Relationship podcast with your hosts, Yvette Valdenegro and Giovanna Burgess-White. Each week, we'll be discussing topics around relationships with a tangible, current, and forward approach. We dive deep and do not shy away from keeping the topic for your interpersonal relationships real. From business associates, acquaintances, to the most intimate relationships, we cover it all. You will laugh, learn, and be inspired by our approach, conversation, and amazing guests. Let's get started. Welcome to another episode of Redesigning Your Relationships podcast. I am your host, Giovanna Burgess-White, with my co-host, Yvette Valdenegro. Howdy, howdy. And we are on part two out of four of our beautiful women in Sex in the City. We started with Samantha Jones two weeks ago. So if you haven't seen that podcast or <laughs> listened to that podcast, go back and check out the replay. We started with it being hot and spicy, and now we're going into Charlotte, York. Ugh. Yeah. Totally like, opposite. Complete opposite. True romantic. She was all about love and finding her perfect, perfect soulmate. So we're going from like one extreme to the other. Um, and then part three will be, uh, what are we doing part three? We're going to leave Carrie Bradshaw for part four. So four part series. Today we have some fun little memes, some amazing quotes, and just really want to talk about what the women in Sex and the City taught us over two decades ago and how we can kind of relate that to relationships now to dating now. And again, if you listen to the last episode or watch the last episode, we really talked about three different generations and I want to keep that going in, in the next couple of series, but just understanding like the mindset of dating, the mindset of relationships, the mindset around standards. And then, um, you know, really what they taught us. We're, remember we talked about Samantha being dramatic around point. We're going to talk about, uh, <laughs> about Charlotte being a true, a true romantic. And is that, is that ideal in the world that we live in? So let's get started. I'm excited. Okay. okay. And as always, as we're going live, or if you watch the replay, we welcome all of your comments because we realize that this, this whole series, I think will draw comments for sure. And yes, we completely encourage you to go back and listen. I think listening to me in the way we're doing them is going to be ideal. Um, we started off with a bang. We are kind of like doing the boat, Bipolar, complete opposite character, and we're going to kind of fill in the blanks. Um, but it's really good to go back. Oh, and if you do listen to the first part, we do um, suggest that you listen to it with headphones and or that you don't have little people around you because the content, just like today, also, we don't know, we're not scripted. Um, and you'll find that as we go. <laughs> and so um, we're just going to be free flowing talking. And um, just in case we do say something, we don't want to be inappropriate to the little people that may be around or big people who maybe shouldn't be listening. Okay. <laughs> anyway. Yes. So last week was Samantha Jones, who obviously bold, vivacious, and is so known for her confidence really in her sexuality. Then you completely swing the other way. There's <laughs> Charlotte. Now, at first, I was just like, oh, my God, what in the world are we going to talk about when it comes to Charlotte? But as we, as I was just thinking about her and the character, she's really a very way more complex than I think that people gave her credit for. Because I think in the very beginning, when you meet her, all you see is a privileged person who's very polite, comes across super naive at first, but then you realize how really smart she is. Um, and then she's very traditional. And she morphs as it goes along, but 
she's very traditional in her values. And that's why I think it's so fun to have part one as Samantha. And now it's completely different with really where we're, wherever this leads, as far as just talking about Charlotte, because she really, really is. And to me, it was, she's kind of that 1950s woman. It was like, she was the 1950s woman trying to be more of the nineties woman, but was really still struggling in her identity and what that even meant to her. And then how all the other characters shifted in there at the same time with her. Yeah. And two things I want to bring up with her. She had some sort of like core value around what she was looking for in a man from the very beginning when we meet her all the way till the end. And I also want to just talk about how she Mm. morphed and she really had to change her mindset on relationships. You know, by the end, she finds, you know, Harry, which was I mean, completely opposite of what she was looking for, at least when it comes to, you know, and we all love Harry, like the looks and, and the feel. And I, as you see, as you meet with them and you see them through the last couple of seasons, it's like she, what she wanted and what she got was not what she thought she was going to on paper, but it was everything that she ever wanted. And she even changed her, you know, her whole religion to be with him. But I want to talk about that a little bit because especially for the, for the 20 year olds, 20 to 30 year olds now who go first with, this is what I need. This is my list. And it's very materialistic. And they don't, I feel like sometimes women will pass up the right man or the right woman, um, the right, you know, spouse or partner, because they're so focused on what it looks like on paper and they don't really get to know the person. And now we have social media. So it it is that way. We've talked about that in, in part one. You know, back then you had to date organically, blind dates, you know, your friends set you up on a date, you meet somebody when you go out. Now it's it's a lot different. So I want to talk about that as we talk about Charlotte. And then I also want to talk about, I mean, like you said, a lot of people didn't give her credit, but she pretty much stuck to her, her mission statement. She dated, she learned her lessons. She didn't, she didn't settle um, where, you know, and then she also had crazy high standards, but I also think she kind of brought that properness and politeness to the group, to her, her little, you know, women's group. So I'm going to just talk about that. And I'm going to put up some slides as we're talking because, you know, we like visuals. So, Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. I feel bad. I mean, I felt bad for her because she was always the one that can never find the right one. But I mean, we can talk about that. Why? Why did she? I mean, she she put so much pressure on dating compared to all the other women. Yeah. And I think. I really do think in the beginning it was her expectations Mm -hmm. and you know, her first marriage didn't obviously did not go well at all. And it's kind of interesting how all those expectations and yet she found herself in such a horrible situation. And um, let's just get to the point you can, and this is why it's so important to really understand who you're marrying. And I do mean understand because here's a great example of someone who experienced a closet behavior in their spouse. And now she's married to someone that's, you know, like there's all kinds of things going on. And I think they didn't have sex right before they got married. No. Yeah. So I think that was- she wanted to, to, to keep, again, this, everybody has their own rules of, about dating, but she was very specific about not having sex until marriage. And I mean, that really sex finances and communication hurt your relationship and sex was, the number one thing that hurt that relationship and obviously her mother-in-law too, but we'll get into that later. But yeah, she didn't have sex with Trey until after. And, you know, he ended up having, that's why they got divorced, but having a problem, 
in that department. So, you know, it's, it's those standards and, and things that we talk about, Oh, we'll worry about that after we get married. I'm like, you can't, that's something that you kind of have to understand before. Yeah. And that's not, again, we're not saying, Hey, it's a green light that you have to have sex or whatever, but okay. I, this is what I think. Even if you decide not to have sex before you get married, you can still talk about things that later on are going to serve you better. Um, and let's just say it like this. I also feel like people should know their own bodies and be very familiar with just um, biology. <laughs> just frankly, let's just put it where it, where it is. So that even when you walk down the aisle or in a, in a committed relationship, you're able to just even discuss your, your life, what you are, what, what those expectations really are, I guess. But um, yeah, so she found herself, I think, in, but doing it the ideological way for whatever that meant for her, even she found herself going, oh my gosh. But I think you're, I think that she really did have that checkoff list. Like he, if it's this box, this box, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, this is the man. This is the man for me. But then she realized this is not the man. And one of the quotes that I didn't put on here that she would say was, you know, even though the relationship didn't work out, it wasn't a waste of time because you learn from that relationship. Mm -hmm. You're really looking forward into the next one. And I think we don't think about that either. Like, of course, you would love your first, you know, relationship to work and it be the, the thing. But I mean, ideally, in our world, we're relationship coaches, you know, unless you have a great open communication and you can talk about all the things you don't really know the kind of person you want to be with until you kind of experience multiple people. And that doesn't have to be mean on a sexual level, but just getting to know other people. Um, and a lot of times, you know, people just go into it thinking that everything's going to change after they get married. And that's one of the things that Charlotte taught us. And then from, you know, her first marriage to her second marriage, you know, all those seasons in between, it was so much dating and so much like testing and trying, but she really started to figure out what she really wanted versus what was good on paper versus what, you know, she was brought up to society, what society, her family told her that things should be to, you know, finding Harry and then, you know, going through a whole, like a whole season of, you know, changing her religion and really, again, getting what she wanted. And one of these things says here, Charlotte treats marriage like a sorority. She desperately was hoping to pledge. And it, it was just, she was, again, always so focused on the end that she never thought about the beginning and the in-between and that growth and that understanding. And we saw that after her first marriage uh, with Trey. So, I mean, it, it was definitely heartbreaking, but this is life. This is what people go through. And, you know, some people get married two or three times. We've had a podcast episode on that because they go back to the same behavioral patterns and they think, okay, well, let me try it again with this person. And the same thing happens and it doesn't work out versus saying, you know what, it didn't work out. Thank you so much. I've learned so much and I've grown so much, but this isn't the relationship for us. Well, even the one, the slide that says it's true. I've been dating since I was 15. I'm exhausted. Where is he? I, I mean, if that's truly someone's outlook on it, one of, first of all, that's not a positive one, but secondly, if that really is, then it's like, okay, then you're obviously doing something not probably right. good for you over and over and over. Cause even if you don't find the right person, it shouldn't be exhausting. Yeah. Meeting people and getting to know them. If you have a good attitude, you have a good aspect. It's like, it, sh- it really is a blessing. 
because now it's like, hey, if it didn't work out, now you know one another great human on the planet that you that you know or that you can relate to or that you can say, hey, something's going on or you know support. But to have, I think, and the again, I think the focus is too much on are you my person? Are you my person? Let's just make sure, you know, you check all the boxes versus can you just relax and enjoy? No. Yeah. Enjoy it. Those are chapters. Relationships are chapters. And again, going back to the generation now, I feel like there's such a high standard and also like, like no one wants to take the time. It's like, Oh, I'm on the app and I'm swiping left and I'm, and I'm sorry if I'm saying this wrong because I don't ever date it online, but it's like, or on an app, but it's, it's one of those things. It's like multiple, you know, you're, you're meeting multiple people. You're, trying to like, it's like a race. I'm like, who are you? What are you racing for? Like, this is a, this is the time to, again, understand, to grow, to, to figure it out. Also to start communication early. You don't need to talk about like life and kids and, and 10 year goals, but you do need to know the person that you're getting involved with and what their passions are, what their goals are. Like those types of things are conversations that you should be having. And a lot of these, you know, younger men and women are just going back to like, how much do you make? What, 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 you know, where do you work? What car do you drive? Like, where do you live? And it's like, that's not the fundamental of a, of a you know, the fundamental parts of relationships. And it's also not the person they're going to be in five, 10, 15 years. So it's like really just getting to know and, and slowing down. Well, those are superficial things. And we all know the superficial things can go away. Yeah. So if you're looking for the guy with the great um, job with the awesome car, who can wine and dine you and take you places that can change in a heartbeat. We've all seen it during, you know, the pandemic and the opposite can happen. You can meet someone who seems like they're seemingly doesn't have anything together and yet they're super creative, their timing, whatever's happening, you have no idea what's going on in their life, but yet they're going to shine five to 10 years from now. And you're going to look at them going, Oh my God, I had no idea. Yeah, you're right. You didn't have any idea because you never took the time to get to know that person, which is really your loss. Not, not theirs. Um, Okay, I just let's because these are really good. These yeah. these slides. Okay, so I love this one. And I think this one's men don't want a woman who's too self-sufficient. Coming from the wonderful Charlotte, which is that's so nineties. I mean, let's just say that we're this is two decades of of Charlotte. So but yeah. Go ahead. Okay. Well, so I think that the this is where our generational difference I think is gonna come through too. This, I feel like was, even when I was younger, was so instilled in your head. It's like, be smart, do what you want, go to school, do this, but don't be smarter than the guy next to you. Don't be, well, for me, it was an athlete. Don't be a better athlete. Don't be a better this. Don't be better mouth. Like, cause I got a mouth on me. Don't be like whatever, because if you do that, then the person that you're with or the person that you're wanting to track is going to be like, Oh, that's a lot. Or you're more than me. And that makes them feel insignificant or insecure. That is, it's not like someone just comes out and tells you that it's like these subliminal messages that you get growing up that tells you how you are supposed to be. So I can really relate to that. Did I follow this one? No, not, no, but definitely not now, but yes, this was very much a, a thought process. So generationally but again we when we talked about it last episode how this really transcends over all the generations and how i think every 10 years there's a group that would look at this i look at this and go that's really a thing i bet you someone who's 20 would look at that and go um what 
<laughs> like never fifties. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. I think it's I think it's really interesting, and I I know that there are still people groups that teach this. And when I say teach, I don't necessarily mean they just come out and say model. How about that? They model it and they're examples of that. Hey, a man don't ever outshine a man. Yeah. Well, and she, again, this is back to like what she was brought up with, what she was told, what she thought society was supposed to be. You know, when she married Tracy, remember she used to be um, at the art gallery and she absolutely loved that. That was like her passion. And then when she got married, she, you know, found somebody to fill her position. And, and she always felt like when she, when people asked her, why are you leaving such an amazing career and such an amazing job? And she was just like, Oh, well, I'm going to go be on the board of this and this, this. And my husband's a doctor, but it was like, you, there we go. You don't not shine your, your husband to be like, it wasn't okay in her mind to have the career and have the perfect marriage. So she's like, okay, well, I'm going to leave one to have the other. And it's a great, a great example of how she evolved. And even though she still became, you know, a uh, um, stay-at-home mom, which is what she wanted, as you see her now when she's in her 50s and she's really, you know, back into philanthropy and the serving piece, she was really doing what she wanted to do. And at the very beginning, she gave up a lot. She gave up a lot because she thought that's what was supposed to happen. All the, this is what's supposed to, I go to college, I get my job, I get married and I have my kids. So that was just one of the things that I, that's why I pulled that one, just that I thought it was interesting but yeah what I think 20 and 30 year olds now will be like okay whatever but I also think that this also shows that a lot most women 20 30 40 and 50 don't feel comfortable talking about themselves and about their wants and their needs and their goals because some of them feel intimidated unless you're an Enneagram 8 everybody else just kind of shuts their mouth (laughs) (laughs) yeah funny how that happens but you know what you could almost take this men don't want a woman who's blank. There's a lot of things like, um, okay, let's just take now a lot of men. This is, I think getting to be more popular. Men don't want a woman who doesn't look like an Instagram model or, you know, like you could fill in the blank for so many different things. So the bottom line is what, like you just said about Charlotte, what is it that Charlotte really wanted? How does she want to shine regardless of the person that's standing next to her? Yeah. For all of this. Okay. I think we did the sorority one then. Okay. <laughs> Next one. I disagree. I believe there's one perfect person out there to complete you. Mm-hmm. That whole sentence is full of a lot of stuff in there. <laughs> I'll she let you go first. Always preach to her girls that that was she was waiting for the perfect one. We want to take a quick moment to let you know this episode is brought to you by Ignite Her Society. Ignite Her Society is a personal growth and development network for women. A community where health, wealth, and purpose come to life. For more information about this one-of-a-kind platform, visit IgniteHerSociety.com. Obviously, Samantha, we, we talked about her and she picked her her relationship with herself over a relationship with a person. And we'll get into um, Carrie and why can I ever forget Miranda. Miranda. But now again, look what happened. And for those of you guys who aren't watching and just like that, we're not going to ruin that if, you, if you're still watching it. But look what happens with Carrie. Look what happens with Miranda. 
And now look at Charlotte. So just saying. We're not, we won't bring Samantha into it because Samantha obviously picked herself and that's great. I love that she did that. But they always gave her such a hard time because this was her. I mean, she's a true romantic. She believed that that was there was somebody there for her, her soulmate. She always believed that. And I mean, I, I think she married her soulmate. So thoughts on that. <laughs> well, and it, that I mean, that's a huge conversation in itself. Is there really just one perfect person for you? First of all, the word perfect drives me crazy. Like I get, I get what she's saying in there. I get what the meaning is, but I just don't think anybody's perfect. But is there one special person out there that really meets everything that she would think as she realized what she really wanted? Um, so I'm going to do, do a poll for that. I'm going to write that down. We're going to do a poll and see. Poll, what we see. Okay. And then we'll come back with it. And yes. then the second part of that was, um, the perfect person that completes you. If there's one thing that I just drives me crazy in all of the romantic movies that are out there, as far as like, like the, I don't even know what movie it is. It's like, they're like, no, it's um, Jerry Maguire where he walks in. She's, you know, you had me at hello and you know, you complete me. I get what he was saying, but I think that literally people take that to heart that it's, there's someone out there that's supposed to complete you well first of all you complete you and then the other the person you're with is icing on the cake thank you that's but i was gonna say that i'm like mm, nobody else can do that for you so let's no. yeah and I, and nobody, nobody can fill that void no and i think that that's where a lot of people get into just problems in their relationships because you're looking to the other person to complete who you are well you complete who you are yeah. like if, there, if there's something that you feel like well, I just wish I was a better this. And I wish, you know, like, oh, this person makes me feel happy when we go out or, okay, well, that person should make you happy when you go out, you make you happy when you go. And if you don't know how to do that, then start learning how to make you happy when you go out. And I, I get, that's a lot. That's a big ask. And I, and the other thing too, is I often wonder, and I, I I think I know personally, I don't think we're ever complete. Because just even if you think you get to the point of like, oh, but I've really rounded myself out and I'm such a complete person, all of a sudden you find you're changing again. Oh, always. You're always changing, which is a great thing. People are so afraid of change. So I'm gonna, I want to pause right there because we go back to the, why we do this. Like we, we do a podcast every week, not because we're crazy and we love just doing podcasts every week. We talk about relationships, all sorts of relationships. I think the four women in Sex in the City taught us so much back in the 90s that we didn't even know and be like, Oh, whatever. It was one of the best shows ever, but not talking about it now, 20, 30 years later, it's insane to me, but this goes back to every marriage. Every woman that we help in a marriage has, has never put themselves first. No. And, and, and I don't know if men really do it more than women. There's, we really have to, to dive deep there scientifically. I think it's just, we're, we're totally programmed different, but this is what we coach on. When we coach women in their marriages, this is a very specific thing that we coach on, on redesigning the relationship they want with themselves so they can be that woman in their relationship. It has nothing to do with their spouse. And we always want to, we put that on them, on the good and the bad. No, if you're telling me that your spouse, your partner is the best thing that ever happened to you, that they like, they filled in that void, that you know, they're, they're the person that completed you. That That's a problem within itself because you're putting so much pressure and vice versa. You're putting so much pressure on your partner to be like, I I'm that person for you. Like, no, 
Now, if you can be that person for yourself, then you can give little pieces of you to other people, but you cannot put that on someone. It just, it doesn't work. And you'll never have the relationship that you really want, not just in your marriage, with your kids, with your parents, with your with your business, with yourself, if you cannot put yourself first. So this is the one thing that I kind of wanted to point out there. And the other reason we coach women during and after their divorce is for the same reason. They don't know how to do them. Like they just don't. It is, and they want to start moving on. And they're like, well, maybe I'm starting want to start to date. No, absolutely not. You need to spend the time in rediscovering who you are, trying to figure that out or redesign the woman you want to be. Because so many of us, you've been, you know, divorced. I've been divorced. It took me a really long time to figure that out. And I'm still figuring that out. It doesn't stop because we're in another season, right? It can be decade. It can be every five years. Like everyone has a different time frame of changing, but we need to stop putting all this on every other person in our really, in our relationships. And we need to start thinking about ourselves, even though it doesn't feel right. So when we uh, meet women all the time and we talk about their marriages or we talk about their divorce, this is the reason why we do what we do to focus on you. Like we were literally like, it's time to be you, boo. Like it is time to be you. There's no time better than now because this is what happens. And all the women showed this in all of their relationships. Samantha showed it with her two, her only two big relationships. You know, one she let since Jared go. And then the other one, she, you know, had that little problem with Richard. This happened with her and Trey still happened with her and Harry. So because we do not want to vocalize, we don't want to admit, and we don't want to spend the time on really discovering and being the woman we're supposed to be. Camden, sorry. Drop the mic, Jesus Christ, <laughs> Okay, but no, listen, and I just want to add that that's, that was all strong and that was all really good. But when you say that's what we do, we also understand that's not something that happens overnight. Oh no. We both know that there it's a process and that's why and I'll put a little plug. That is why we do what we do, but we have a program and to really dive deep, it's a minimum of six months because this isn't something that you just go, Oh, I've been alive for whatever years and I'm just going to overnight just change. And I've gone through all these processes and I'm just going to be great. no, you're going to mask it. You're going to just putting a bandaid over it, and pretty soon it's going to erupt in a really ugly way again. So it's so much better to dive deep, do the work, figure out who you really are, want to be in all capacities and then move forward in any part of your relationship, whether you're going through divorce, you're, you're married right now. But if you're just like, wow, I really don't, but everything you just said was on point, but that doesn't happen overnight. It's a complete long process that like we said never changes but once you learn how to change within the change yeah. it's so much easier and less stressful and not so dramatic and everything becomes so much easier like and again we we are we we've gone through i don't want to call it transformation this is just life and growth and we again we keep on having the seasons of change with the women that we help the women in ignite because we're part of an am amazing group of women at ignite um We've seen their transformations, not only in the relationships with their businesses and, you know, their spouses, whatever relationship they're working on, but the relationship with themselves. And I think that is kind of like the core of who you are. And when you can really figure that out and start to, it, and it's all about emotion and feeling, not to feel guilty, not to wake up and say, like, I'm going to make sure that I take this time for me, whichever time of day it is, to also show that to your children. because. We are the reflection of what we want our children to be. When people see that, it 
it really does change all of the relationships that you have that are important for you in your life. And it gets easier and easier and easier till one day you're like, wow, this is who I'm meant to be. And we have women in our Ignite group, they're in their 70s, in their 70s, that are telling us that they're finally living life. And when we see the women, and, and this is why I love that, and just like that just came out because now they're in their 50s. If you watch Sex in the City, for I believe it was on for almost 10 years, and now you're watching them now, this is real life. Like they've really really nailed the reality of almost three to four decades of these women's lives. And I think it's absolutely amazing that I'm able to be able to watch that. And I'm able to be able to do this with women that are dating right now in their twenties, thirties, forties, and fifties and tell you know, make them understand that these are all things that you can change and we want you to change. And I think Charlotte again taught us that she still had those standards. She still wanted, she knew what she wanted but there was a lot of growth, a lot of growth that we saw in her to get to where she is right now. Yep. I totally agree. Do you have more slides? No, that's all. Oh, that? okay. Yeah, that's it. I can take these off. <laughs> I'm like, th th that was all really good. Yeah. Really good. Really good. Well, I'm excited to do the, or talk about the other characters. Cause again, each one of them brings such a different dynamic to the group, which again, I think it was, I think I found a slide or something about her that she said. Um, we have more here. I have, I have here. Down the, here one, but the one about the soulmates. Okay. It says here. Let's see. Oh no, I don't have a soulmate one here. The one that said something about um, that she wanted to, oh no, no, you had it on there. We just didn't say it. It was oh. the first one. Oh yeah. There you go. Maybe we can be each other's soulmates and then, and then. We can let men be just that great, nice guys to have fun with, yes. which again, because I come from such a different generation, I wish someone would have just made that so much more of a daily motto for women than what it used to be. I think that is golden. Now, do I think that you can have a soulmate that is a male? Absolutely. But I'm just, I just think that if you put your emphasis on, I'm going to be a great friend, I'm going to enjoy life. I'm going to grow as a person. This is my, my group of women friends I'm going to grow with. It's going to happen. It's just like a natural thing, but I think we reverse it. Oh, I need the guy first. Then I can have the female friends. No, I love that quote because of community. We're all about women having their community and all four of them. And throughout all the years that they were together, when they had their breakfast or they had their lunches, every single one of them expressed in the 10 years, how important that group was to them. Like that was their lifeline. For everything, you know, especially with their relationships with men. And um, I think it's really important that we as women have that and men should have it too. their community, whatever that may be, whatever community is to you, friendships, because, well, you know, we talk about this. You cannot just depend on one person for the rest of your life. It's not healthy for you. It's not healthy for them. And it's not healthy for, you know, if you have children or your other relationships because you just can't, we talked about that earlier. You can't put those kind of standards on another person. You need to be able to live the life that you were meant to live. And also, you know, the life that, you know, you get to share with someone else. There are two different lives, but they're combined. And it's important that we share that now before we even get into a relationship. And we express how important community is because without community, you and I wouldn't even be here. So I think it's really, really important that we kind of talked about that and how she made sure that, yeah, the women were, all four of them made sure how important they were. 
And we'll talk about that more with Carrie too when we get into Carrie. We will. And before we wrap up, I thought it was a good segue into, so there's, um, when I was doing some research, it's called themarysue.com. And I'm not going to read the entire um, quote that she has in there, but it's a blog that she wrote. It was really great. But going off of what you just said, that, you know, when women get together, that they often talk about how, you know, men are going to hurt you. You can't really expect anything. Um, and that you really, like Charlotte was saying, you just can't really be yourself and be vulnerable because bad things are going to happen. And then she says at the end of it, it says, when it comes to romance and love, most of us and women especially have been slowly taught to be afraid of it, to be overwhelmed by it, to seek it, but never taught how to be in it. We don't learn how to be active agents in our own happiness and stay true to ourselves in the process. I love that. I absolutely love that. It's a perfect ending to part two. If you didn't listen to part one, go back, listen to them in order. There's an amazing part. There's an amazing reason why we did this. Miranda will be next. She'll be part three. And then we'll end with part four, uh, which is Carrie Bradshaw. So we're super excited to have had you on. Again, if you're watching us live, thank you. Because we, 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 if you know us, you know we're real, raw, and crazy. If you're listening to us on the replay, we appreciate you. You could always comment um, on any of our platforms. We will reply. Please DM us if there's any topics on relationships that you want us to talk about, any guests that you would like to hear. Um, and we'll be back every Wednesday live and every Friday with a brand new episode. So we thank you again so much. And we'll talk to you guys soon. Right, bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Redesigning Your Relationship Podcast. Don't forget to comment, ask a question, and leave a review for this podcast. We are committed to providing information and tools for our listeners to take action steps in all of their relationships. If you would like more information to connect with us personally or begin your journey of creating the relationships you've always wanted, then please visit us at ygcollaborations.com.